If you're holding a diamond anywhere in the world, chances are that it has been shaped by Indian hands. India is the birthplace of the diamond. It cuts and polishes 9 out of every 10 diamonds in the world. It's the world's biggest exporter of the stone. And now, this massive industry is going through a prolonged, really troubled phase. India's diamond exports, which account for 80% of its business, have so far fallen by a third. Barring one year of COVID, this is the steepest decline in at least 25 years. Output at some of the country's biggest diamond businesses have halved. Profits and margins have been battered. Three reasons. One, Western sanctions on Russian rough diamonds, which are a massive raw material to India's diamond units. Two, a demand slowdown in the US, India's biggest customer of diamonds. Three, an economic downturn in China, customer number two for India. The crisis is real. The biggest impact has been on Surat. The nerve center of the industry employs a million workers. Now, thousands among them are facing massive pay cuts. Many are losing their jobs. Several have died by suicide in the last few months. In this episode, we travel to this very core of India's diamond business. We visit a diamond factory, talk to merchants, brokers, workers and a union leader and try to understand the issues that now face this centuries-old industry. It's the 8th of September, I'm Anirban Chaudhary and this is The Morning Brief. Once upon a time, centuries ago, India was the source of nearly all the diamonds in the world. Beds of rivers like the Krishna were the richest sources of the stones to be found anywhere on the earth. That was until 1896 when diamonds were discovered in South Africa. As more and more such discoveries happened across the world, India's status as a diamond mining bounty receded, but its position as a trading hub became stronger. In 1900, two brothers, Gandabhai Kuberdas Mavjivanwala and Sri Rangildas Kuberdas Mavjivanwala, started a cutting and polishing business in Surat, laying the foundation stone for it to become a huge hub. Gradually, more and more families joined the business. In the 1950s, Gujarati Damantir families ventured out of India and set up shop in Antwerp, Brussels, which is a massive diamond mining hub. But they sent those rough diamonds back to Surat to be cut and polished. This is how this small city on the banks of River Tapi became a global hub for diamond cutting and polishing. Later, the Indochina War of 1962 dampened local demand for the stones. Merchants looked to global markets for sales and thus began India's journey towards becoming the biggest diamond exporter in the world. In 1967, India exported $26 million worth of diamonds. Last year, it exported close to $22 billion. Between the waning of the COVID-19 pandemic and late last year, Indian diamond industry had been doing very well. A post-pandemic boom in demand fueled by saved wealth and stimulus packages for Americans led to a surge in Indian diamond exports to the US. 
Naturally, businessmen were encouraged to stock up large quantities of rough diamond thinking the run would continue for a year at least. In fact, in a press statement in January 2022, the Ministry of Commerce cited the robust export numbers and said India can emerge as the biggest gems and jewellery trading hub in the world. But then, in February, the Russia-Ukraine war happened. This led to a massive disruption in global markets and supply chains that had just recovered from the pandemic. Western nations started putting sanctions on Russia to freeze its trade. Given that the country's Alrosa Group controls 30% of global diamond trade, naturally, the impact was huge and worldwide. The US began to freeze payments on sales of diamonds it suspected to have originated from Russia. Fearing more such sanctions, the world's biggest luxury diamond jewellery brands like LVMH told their suppliers they would not buy Russian diamonds. Meanwhile, inflation hit the West and an economic downturn hit China, India's second largest customer. Because of all this, in April to July this year, exports of cut and polished diamonds from India fell by 31%, according to figures from the Gems and Jewellery Export Promotion Council. In fact, barring the first year of COVID that saw a 48% decline in exports, in no other year since 2001 has there been such a steep fall. In a recent report, Care Ratings said that it expects diamond exports from India to fall by 15% for the full year. To understand the industry's rhythm and flow and its ailment, we decided to travel to its heart. So, my producer Vinay Joshi and I took an early morning train to Surat. True to its name, Kohinoor Road in Varacha, Surat is all about diamonds. It's a massive marketplace where hundreds of diamond merchants, traders and brokers do business worth millions of dollars every month. But nothing about the street indicates the massive value of the work that's happening inside its buildings. There's no plush offices, no expensive cars. Just an inordinate number of two-wheelers jostling for space and huge parking lots for them in each building. In the middle of one such parking space with hundreds of motorcycles and scooters parked stands Savitri Building, the office of Shlok Exim. Bolia. Uh, Gandhi ke interview hai. Hai, ruko, ruko ek minute. Hello, Times se, aapko Kya naam hai aapka? Anirban. Anirban A narrow collapsible iron gate, the only entry and exit point to this huge factory, is slid open to admit us into the premises. Us, meaning Vinay, my colleague Nehal Chaliawala, who joined us in Surat, and myself. The gate is slid back and locked immediately after we entered. Tejas Savalia, who is in charge of operations in this office, shows us around. The factory is divided into two floors, each with departments that a rough diamond travels through in its journey into becoming a cut and polished finished product. Rough diamond hota hai, raw material. Usme planning hota hai, makeable wo padta hai. Fir baad mein niche manufacturing ke liye bech dete. 
In the floor above, employees sit peering into computers on whose screens holograms of diamonds rotate. They are being scrutinized for shape and purity. This is the planning department or the brain of the factory. Really simply put, a diamond has three parts. The girdle or the outer lining when seen from above. The crown, which is the part above the girdle, and the pavilion, which is the lower part with the pointed end. A diamond rough is mapped on a computer on how it should be cut. It's then cleaved into smaller gems. Each gem is finely cut around its many facets and surfaces. They are then polished and sent for final quality checks before being ready for sale. Now don't be fooled by the simplicity because each process is really intricate and layered. In fact, the smallest mistakes can lead to huge losses. As we go to the other departments, we see tiny rough diamonds being painted with whiteners and then cut with laser machines attached to computers. I asked Tejas, how precise do the cuts really have to be? Now, one cent is the smallest measurable part of a diamond. It's equivalent to just two milligrams, and it's one hundredth of a carat, which is the most widely used unit of measure for the stone. I asked Tejas again, how much loss would a mistake of one cent be worth? Our company ne jo carat kaira hai, wo ap samjo ki aajar dollar ka hai, aur ninian ve ka 700 dollar hai. तो फिर हमारे में 300 डॉलर की नुकसान ही होते दूसरी कंपनी में एग्जांपल ले लेते तो कैरेट का 1500 डॉलर है और निन्यानवे का हजार डॉलर है तो उसमें 500 डॉलर की नुकसानी आती है 300 to 500 dollars for a tiny fragment of stone that is barely even visible wow i want to ask one of the workers how they resisted the temptation to pocket a pinch full of these stones i wonder if anyone would notice they just took me to other departments where the cutting and polishing actually happens. I saw karigars, the real artists of the industry, bent over screeching wheels, deeply absorbed in their work. Only a few noticed us. Unlike in other sections, most of these employees were older, elderly, veterans in this space who had spent years, perhaps decades, cutting and polishing their craft. Now, crowded as the factory was, I couldn't help noticing vacant chairs and empty spaces where employees should have been sitting. Just to get an idea, how much cost will you buy? It's $70 per carat. It's $79 per That's Jayesh Gandhi, the owner of the company whose factory we've been exploring. He's showing me a handful of rough diamonds that were lying in a lump on one corner of his office table. $40,000. $40,000. This, this one. This handful of... Okay, okay. Like many Surtis, Gandhi is a second or third generation diamond tear. This is a very good thing. I have been in the past. 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 I have
अभी मेरे दोनों सन है वही संभालते हैं मैं जस्ट लाइक ओनली रिटायर हो गया हूँ मैं तो पूरा अभी मेरा खाली इधर आके हिसाब किताब ये सब देखता हूँ बाकी सब तो दोनों बच्चे ही संभालते हैं पूरा मैंने भाई एक बॉम्बे रहता है एक इधर रहता है वो वो इधर वाला भी क्या दुबई एंट्रो बेल्जियम और हॉन्गकॉन्ग सब जगह पे घूमते रहता है इसलिए मेरे को बैठना पड़ रहा है यहाँ बेसिकली ये सब पूरे जो साउथ अफ्रीका ये जो जितनी अफ्रीकन कंट्री है या बोसवाना है सब मतलब जो मेन मेन कंट्री हो जो लोग जिसके पास माइंस का राइट्स है वो लोग माइंस वाले बेल्जियम में या दुबई आके माल बेचते हैं हम लोग वहाँ से खरीदते हैं माल वहाँ से इम्पोर्ट करते हैं Most of the finished products go to Mumbai from where they are sold to other markets in the Far East and the West. Kitna aapka manufacturing hota hai yahan pe ek din mein ya ek mahine mein. Approximately pehle bahut zyada hota tha. Hmm. Ki abhi abhi to kam ho gaya kyun sale bahut hai. Matlab ye war ke hisab se pura tars mas ho gaya. Matlab kuch matlab sab jagah pe demand bahut kam hai. Pehle kitna hota tha? पहले होता था पाँच छः हज़ार कैरेट पॉलिस हर एवरी मंथ तो अभी उसका हमने पच्चीस सौ तीन हज़ार हो गया मेरा मतलब फिफ्टी परसेंट मैंने तो डाउन कर दिया क्योंकि प्रॉफिट मार्जिन नहीं और माल बिकता नहीं है दो चीज़ है फिफ्टी परसेंट कट एंड आउटपुट इट्स ऑल्सो क्लियरली रिजल्ट ऑफ अ डिक्लाइन इन सप्लाई ऑफ रॉ मटीरियल मतलब मेन माल रशिया से आता था जो पतला ये जैसे ये स्मॉल गुड्स है उसको बोलते हैं छोटे गुड्स बोलते हैं अच्छा तो अभी अभी आप मुझे बताइए जो 5000 पहले होता था व्हेन वाज दिस दिस वाज 20 अब बिफोर कोविड फॉर कोविड या तो तब व्हाट वुड हैव बीन योर मंथली और क्वार्टरली रेवेन्यू सो 2020 फॉर इंस्टेंस व्हाट वाज योर रेवेन्यू पूरा 2020 एनुअल रेवेन्यू कितना था आपका मैं मेरे हिसाब से एक करोड़ के आसपास तो रहेगा अस्सी सत्तर अस्सी करोड़ करोड़ के मेरा सौ करोड़ का टर्न ओवर है अगले साल तो, तो बढ़ रहा है फिर मतलब इतना वॉल्यूम कम होकर बढ़ कैसे रहा है मैंने रो मटेरियल का भाव डबल हो गया तो आपका काम ऐसे ही डबल हो गया ना जो चीज़ पहले सौ रुपया मिलती अच्छा। थी आज रो मटेरियल दो सौ का हो गया तो आपका पहला पचास करोड़ का काम होता था सौ करोड़ का तो ऐसे ही हो गया आपका अच्छा बेसिकली गांधी रॉ मटीरियल प्राइसिस टू हिस्स कंज्यूमर्स बट इज मार्जिन प्रोफिटेबिलिटी आर डीपली इम्पैक्टेड I ask him if he's had to cut salaries and lay off employees something Tejas has already shared with me. नहीं हम लोग सैलरी कभी कम नहीं करते हैं अच्छा मतलब भाई काम नहीं है जो काम नहीं है तो आदमी खुद छोड़ के चला जाता है दूसरी ऑफिस में चला जाता है हमने कभी किसी को निकाला नहीं Well Gandhi claims he hasn't sacked people but his employee strength is down to almost half more than 800 था और अभी अभी मो फोर हंड्रेड फिफ्टी फोर हंड्रेड फिफ्टी ऐसा कुछ मतलब इसमें क्या है दस बीस कारीगर रोज ऐसे ऊपर नीचे होते हैं एवरी डे पाँच कारीगर जाएगा पाँच कारीगर नहीं आएगा ऑलमोस्ट एवरी मीडियम एंड लार्ज स्केल डायमंड कंपनी इन सूरत हैज कट पे एंड स्टाफ लोकल रिपोर्ट्स हैव इनफैक्ट सेड दैट मोर देन वन हंड्रेड थाउजेंड ऑफ द मिलियन डायमंड लेबर इन सूरत आर नाउ आउट ऑफ जॉब्स Bhavesh Tank is the vice president of the Diamond Workers Association a union body when we first meet him he's just come back from the hospital a diamond factory worker died by suicide the previous night Ashish Balar a 20 year old diamond worker named Ashish Balar ended his life 
He had been jobless for 15 days and couldn't find work despite trying hard. The problem is that many young people like Ashish start working in the diamond industry at a young age, around 17. They stick with this job for a long time and don't develop skills for other jobs. So when they lose their job, it's tough for them to find something else. Some have tried to start their own businesses, but the money they make isn't enough to support their families. Bhavesh shows me a thick file full of complaints. I ask him if these have piled up since Jan. He replies no, they've come in just this month. He puts us through some of the complainants, workers who've borne the brunt of the slowdown. I'm Amit Choradia and I'm 22 years old. I have been working in the diamond industry for the past two years. I used to make around 13,000 to 14,000 rupees per month. But now uh, it's down to about uh, 8,000 to 10,000 rupees on average. To make matters worse, they even deduct our pay for just a half hour break. I was put on leave. No, it happened on the 15th of last month. I had fever for a day and took leave. The next day, they informed me that I was permanently let go. I'm Nilesh Bhai Mohan Bhai Damani. I work in the diamond industry. The diamond office I used to work at was raided last month. I was put on leave. Temporarily, but then I was let go permanently. Now I'm working elsewhere at a lesser salary by 5,000 to 7,000 rupees. The market's really bad right now. Some people are being asked to leave while others are kept on a lesser salary. In some parts like Astar, there are people who are being asked to report to work on four days a week instead of seven. It's extremely depressing since Diwali last year. Where do these people go when they are sacked without notice and without gratuity? Do they have any legal recourse? I asked SS Dube, Assistant Labour Commissioner at Surat. He didn't want to be recorded, but said that almost no one approaches his office with a complaint or case. The workers told me that's because it'll lead to legal wrangles that they cannot afford. Many of the businessmen and workers are now pivoting to lab-grown or synthetic diamonds. What are those? Well, according to a very interesting definition that I found on the internet, they are like test tube babies grown from a single seed of diamond under the same heat and pressure as in the crust of Mother Earth. Lab-grown diamonds are 80% cheaper than natural diamonds. The segment is now less than 5% of the entire Indian diamond industry but it's growing. Exports of lab-grown diamonds increased 41% between FY20 and FY23. They're expected to cross $3 billion in FY26, which will still make them only worth a seventh of natural diamond exports last year. Here's Dinesh Navadia, head of Surat Diamond Association. workers natural diamond तो इसके वजह से आज एक ऑप्शन मिला है इंडस्ट्री को एसटीएचपी डायमंड तो एसटीएचपी डायमंड और सीवीडी डायमंड दोनों का अभी अमेरिका के अंदर भी थोड़ा मार्केट है तो नेचुरल डायमंड के ऑप्शन के अंदर अभी एसटीएचपी डायमंड या लेब ग्रोन डायमंड यानी कि सीवीडी डायमंड दोनों का ऑप्शन मिला है तो वर्कर को जो काम देने की जो अभी दिक्कत आ पहले आ रही थी मंदी के टाइम पे करने के दूसरा कोई ऑप्शन नहीं था ये ऑप्शन के कारण अभी राहत है 
लेकिन इतनी राहत नहीं है तो वर्कर को जो हिसाब से दारू के नेचुरल डायमंड के अंदर जो वर्कर तीस पैंतीस हज़ार का काम कर रहा था शायद ये एस टी डायमंड और सी डायमंड के उसका काम पैंतीस हज़ार के घट के पच्चीस हज़ार की या सत्ताईस हज़ार तो उसको ऐसे आर्थिक लॉस है लेकिन काम मिल रहा है द वर्कर्स कैलकुलेशन मस्ट बी सिंपल थर्टी परसेंट पे कट इज बेटर दैन हाफ ऑन नो पे द गवर्नमेंट इज स्कीन ऑन लैब ग्रोन डायमंड इन जून PM Narendra Modi even gifted one to Joe Biden's wife Jill Biden. Here's Vipul Shah, chairman of the Gems and Jewelry Export Promotion Council. Yes, the government is uh, supporting this industry. It's a new segment and the government vision is very clear. Next 10 to 15 years they don't see as per their data or reports. No new mining companies or no new mining activities are going to take place or the mines are getting fewer and fewer. So they are concerned about the existing employment which is taking place in this industry. So the lab grown diamond is such where there is a huge amount of value addition. The government feels that the jobs of the workers would not be deprived and gradually if there would be natural diamonds when it becomes rare at uh, uh, this industry uh, is well taken care by the lab grown industry which is also on a growing phase so they see a huge future that this industry has a huge future to grow there a lot of things again like marketing branding needs to be done and that's all the corrective steps will be taken the segment is still unstable though despite government backing and growing demand in the us exports of lab grown diamonds fell 29% in the first four months of this fiscal year The numbers are expected to improve later. Meanwhile, natural diamond companies are looking at alternate export markets. So there is a new market from the council which we have put in lot of efforts. We are trying to penetrate since two major economies are not doing well. So we can we need to also cannot rest behind and we are looking into South Asian countries where there are there there are good amount of GDP growth levels and everything. So we see that these are the economies are going to perform in coming months. So we have already started focusing into Vietnam, Cambodia and other places Indonesia, Malaysia. So these are the areas where we feel that our gems and jewelry products would be well accepted. But are these markets enough to replace the biggies US and China? Not really. So when does Shah see the industry actually bouncing back? I personally feel yes, we have bottomed out. Uh people have behaved uh, very well, responsible. People have I mean with past experiences of everything as such, they have gone into a self-discipline mode. Yes, the bankers when I'm talking to all the banking uh, fraternity in India, they also are saying that they are comfortable as far as the outstanding and everything is concerned they are also not pressing any panic button so as far as things on the financial front it's looking looking good but as far as demand we personally feel that recently we had the iijs show which was a very successful show where more than 150 from more than uh, 120 countries or had come visited india we we uh, generated huge orders and almost 2100 international visitors were there into the show he and many other diamond tears are especially excited about a gems and jewelry show in hong kong and now we are looking forward for the hong kong show which is going to be starting on the 19th of september and hopefully we we expect a lot of chinese consumers starting to come and hopefully we are crossing because you are we are hearing from them that the government is trying to do whatever to have a pump in enough liquidity to support the economy as such so hopefully that will revive and things should start picking up very soon that's what i can say right now 
Diamonds have always been India's best friend. While it lost its status as a top mining nation centuries ago, the brilliant business skills of a bunch of entrepreneurs made sure that it still remained a global leader. In terms of value, scale, status, and employability, whichever way one chooses to look at it, the industry is too consequential for its problems to remain unresolved for so long. Companies are trying hard to weather the storm by shrinking their businesses, warning suppliers against oversupply, and trying to maintain their creditworthiness even as working capital debt becomes a tad difficult. But there's a lot more the industry can do towards its employees, the artists behind the sheen and glitter of it. Gratuity is just one of the things that have to be done. The industry's pivot towards lab-grown diamonds can potentially make India a top diamond creator and not just a trader. And there's government support too. But the segment is too small and too unpredictable yet to be a substitute anytime soon. Most critically, problems facing this industry are external. A lot depends on India-US relations and some are looking hopefully towards the G20 summit, although it's not clear where the diamonds will find a mention there. So for now, it's wait and watch as one question looms large. For India, can diamonds really be forever? That's what we leave you with today. You were listening to this episode on The Morning Brief. The team behind this episode, Vinay Joshi, Nehal Chaliawala, Indareel Bhattacharji, Anupriya Nair, Arijit Barman and myself, your host Anirban Chaudhary. Big shout out to my colleague Shuta Nuka Ghoshal for all her help and her stories that triggered the episode. The Morning Brief drops every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Do like, share, subscribe and comment. Keep listening and have a good weekend.